Welcome to The Career Studio, a USU career services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armitstead, your host, and I am so excited to have Megan Randall, a really close friend and mentor of mine here with me on the show today. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Marissa. Megan earned her bachelor's degree in sociology, minoring in anthropology and women's studies at Skidmore College. While at Skidmore, Megan worked in residential life and studied abroad in South Africa. After graduating, Megan taught English to international students in Tanzania and Boston for a total of three years. She went on to earn her master's degree in international education from the School of International Training Graduate Institute and became an on-site intern for a study abroad program in Nicaragua for a year. She then joined the University of Utah as a learning abroad coordinator and after a year and a half transitioned to working in the Career and Professional Development Center there. You had mentioned earlier that you have some amazing experience with running. And I know that you just completed your first marathon in 2019. Such a huge accomplishment. Would you mind (laughs) telling us a little bit more about that experience? Yeah, sure. So I had dabbled in running like ever since I was in middle school, just as kind of a way to relieve stress and keep busy. And I had never in my whole life imagined that I would ever run a marathon. I just thought it was for like superhumans or people who are definitely <laughs> not me. But yeah, last year I had a, a friend that I made who rode the same bus to the U with me who also worked there. And she and her partner are avid runners. And my partner is also an ultra runner. He just ran a hundred mile ultra race. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I I am not there. I don't know if I ever will be. Anyway, so I had chatted with her about my running and I had run two half marathons the years before that. And she was like, well, why don't you just combine them and do the whole marathon this year? Like, why not? (laughs) Uh, So I was like, you know what? That Yeah, why not? Like, let me just try. And so I ended up training for about five months and I ended up working with a personal trainer at the U to develop a training plan. And yeah, long story short, I finished. And that was really my only goal was just like crawl, walk or, you know, get dragged through the finish line. But yeah, it was really just a cool accomplishment. Well, I love that. And I love this idea of kind of having your own little army as you tackle goals, Mm -hmm. having that support system. And I think that's a really good lead into what we're going to be talking more about today. This month, we're all about networking and how that can help us out in the career sector. So I'm really excited to talk more about this. To begin with, Megan, I would love to hear some more about your travel experience. You have done some amazing travel for some amazing causes. And so talk to us a little bit about your travel and maybe how it kind of turned into full-time jobs, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So for some context, I grew up in a really rural village in Vermont of less than a thousand people. So like (laughs) even have a traffic light in our little town. So it was really small. And I just remember growing up, I had this deep desire and curiosity to learn more about the world and other cultures and people from all different kinds of backgrounds who are either similar or different from me. So that was really my catalyst. And so when I had the opportunity to study abroad, when I was in college, I decided to try and push myself as much as possible and go somewhere that I felt would be really different from my upbringing. And so I decided to go to South Africa and I had just the most wonderful experience. I became best friends with this group of students who were studying there full time who were all from Tanzania. That was really eye-opening and just such a privilege. And so they ended up wooing me to then... 
Tanzania after that. So I ended up going three different times, first for personal travel, then I did my thesis for my undergrad there, where I did a month of research. And then that's what motivated me to return to teach there for a year. So I was a volunteer English teacher. And then I just kind of got hooked and decided that I really wanted to continue my professional involvement in the industry of education and working abroad. And so that's what motivated me to continue teaching English once I got back to Boston. And I got to teach two years for like all these students who were from all different countries all over the world. And it was just so much fun. I felt like every day the whole world came to me. And I like, I didn't have to do anything other than like get up and show up to work. (laughs) That was just so much fun. And then that's what really led me to work my way towards grad school and get my degree. So that way I could really have a full-time role and study abroad. So then I did my year-long internship in Nicaragua with the study abroad program. Loved it. Like that was honestly my dream job. The most favorite job I've ever It was so much fun. Got to go on field trips with students. We did a two-week-long excursion to Cuba, which was just such a privilege to be able to go. Wow. I just love seeing students develop personally and professionally and academically like throughout that whole experience. So it was just a lot of fun. And then that's what led me to the U. And even though international travel or international education isn't like a foundational component to my role, I still am lucky to be able to work with students who have an interest in traveling abroad or studying abroad. So I still had it as part of my role, which has been really exciting. Well, and I'm kind of curious to learn a little bit more. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper because I know you had a really interesting story of how you transitioned from this study abroad role to (laughs) career services. And I'm pretty sure that networking played a really key part in that. So would you talk to us a little bit about how that all came to be? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for networking. So when I was a learning abroad coordinator at the University of Utah's learning abroad office, I had the pleasure of working with a few career coaches who were at the time part of the Career Professional Development Center. So we were liaisons and we would collaborate on different programs and things. And then at one point, I ended up attending my, who would be my supervisor. She led a presentation at this women's leadership conference at the U. And I just loved her presentation. I ended up reaching out to her after and asked her if she could send me some of her slides. And it was at that point after she had talked to a few of the coaches where she ended up replying back to me and was like, hey, by the way, like we have an opening. We would love for you to apply. Like, please apply. (laughs) (laughs) It was just randomly, I had emailed her about the slides to her presentation for something completely unrelated. And then at the time, you know, I I ended up taking some time to look into it. And granted, I only took a week. So it was a really fast transition. (laughs) But yeah, I looked at the job description. It looked like I would have even more opportunities to do what I absolutely loved about my learning abroad coordinator position where, you know, I can meet with students and talk to them about their goals and help them in that direction. So yeah, I went for it. And here I am three years later. So (laughs) amazing. You know, even if you attend this like random event and reach out to somebody after you like literally never know what that's going to turn into. So another question that I have for you is kind of looking at your current job and the role that networking plays as a career coach. So talk to us a little bit about that. Really, my job is all about building relationships, which I think bottom line, that's how I would describe networking is it's just about like building relationships. (laughs) and getting to know them. With my role as a coach, the way it's structured in our office is that we have coaches who are liaisons or really like the bridge builders between different academic units on campus. So I'm the liaison to the College of Humanities, to the Academic Advising Center, to Housing Residential Education, and also to Learning Abroad. And so 
with my role as their liaison, I get to collaborate with them on different programs and initiatives. I work extremely closely with their students, either before or after they engage with their departments. And so just a joy. And then our office is extremely centered in teamwork and internal collaboration as well. So I had the pleasure of working with my colleagues who are career coaches, who are members of our employer engagement team. I'm on all sorts of projects pretty much all year round. So it's just been a genuine pleasure. I feel like the role is really dynamic and I just have the ability to either meet with a student once for a day and I may not ever see them again, or I might meet with students over a long period of time, or I can work with my partners over the course of several years. So Absolutely. Oh, so interesting to see how it plays out. I know sometimes students look at networking as a tool to get a job, but it is really, like you said, a key skill to have throughout your career. So thank you for sharing that insight. All right. So I'm guessing my my listeners probably have a good sense of your personality already, Megan. But for those who maybe haven't picked up on it yet, how would you describe your, your personality? Would you say you're more of an introvert or an extrovert? I feel like I'm just about as extroverted as you can be. <laughs> I've taken the Myers-Briggs type indicator test. and I think I was 100%. <laughs> yes, and I would 100% agree. You love meeting people. You're amazing talking with people and you're very genuine. So 100% I agree with that. I am curious for students who maybe feel like they're a little more introverted, a little less mm-hmm. people-y. Mm-hmm. What advice or tips do you give to students who, when you say the word networking, talking to a stranger, that might sound a little scary. What kind of advice do you give to students? Yeah. And I mean, that is absolutely valid. Like I want all the introverts to know out there, like the world needs you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Definitely. I be like you more. <laughs> a lot of the time being an introvert, is not a weakness by any means. I know sometimes US culture makes us feel that way, but really to, to thrive with networking, it's really just all about getting to know people and building relationships with them. So I've found that introverts are extremely talented at going to that deeper level and getting to know different kinds of people. So I think just kind of recognizing that that is an area of strength that you have for some strategies, especially if you're attending like a networking event, for example, like a career fair or some kind of lunch. One thing you could do is take an extroverted friend with you and plan to attend together. And so that way your extroverted friend can kind of take the lead and help you get to know new people. And then once they've initiated that conversation and broken the ice, then you can carry on that conversation and go to a deeper level. Another thing is that once you have that person in front of you, ask questions about them. People are usually more than willing to talk about themselves. They're (laughs) very flattering and it's kind of easy for them, especially employers or professionals that you might meet at a networking event. And so just ask questions. And honestly, that takes the burden off of you to share a lot about yourself and have to be the one that's kind of initiating and moving the conversation along. I'd also say just one last tip to throw. Yes, please. If you are an introvert, typically you get energy by being on your own. So I would say before you attend a networking event, try to plan ahead for spaces or even like a five minute time frame when you can just be by yourself and re-energize. I love both of those tips. And I love your first tip because it utilizes both strengths. Like you said, being extroverted or introverted, both are great. And with that strategy, you get to use both at their best. So I love that. Well, kind of shifting gears a little bit here, Megan, given our current circumstances, how can students continue to professionally network, even if there aren't necessarily these in-person events or get-togethers? Things that I would recommend starting with are really to take some time to reconnect with anyone that you've already met and worked with. So these could be past supervisors, past colleagues, former professors, really just like anyone that you used to work with closely or that knows you. 
and just send them a friendly message. Be like, hey, I have some extra time now that we're, or I'm like hunkering down at home. How are you? Let's catch up. Because I think most of the time, like 99% of the time, I think most people are delighted when they get those random messages saying like, hey, I remember you. It like makes my com- my day completely when I get messages like that. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, they remember I exist and they're... <laughs> interested in knowing how I'm doing. You never know, like even just a formal, informal, like catch up session. And then you never know what that can lead into. It can lead into like you talking about what you're interested in and to ask for their help on like, if you hear of anything to keep you in mind, or you could help them in some way. So start with people, you know, especially for the introverts out there, like it's um, a lot easier to start with the folks that you've already built some relationships with. And then I think as like a next step in addition is to reach out to some people via online platforms, right? So whether that's social media platforms like Instagram or Facebook or even LinkedIn, right? Because LinkedIn is like the professional version of social media platforms. Like I said, even complete strangers are delighted to hear from new people, especially students, right? That are trying to find job and internship opportunities or pursue grad programs like during this time. So just start by sending one person a message, see how it goes. If you don't hear back, it's not the end of the world. The worst thing that happens is you just don't hear back and then you just move on. Just be curious to get to know different people and really approach it from the, the angle of learning about them rather than asking them for something. For example, if you see, you know, you're interested in graphic design and you see that there's an alum from your university that has a career in graphic design, you know, reach out and just say, hey, I'd love to connect with you. I feel like we have the shared passion and interest in graphic design. I'd love to pick your brain about it sometime and learn about your career path and just stop there. I wouldn't continue that initial message by saying, you know, I'm looking for an internship. Can you help me find an internship? Because it just puts a lot of pressure on the person on the receiving end because they just don't know a thing about you. And then you're asking them to, to help you in that process and really vouch for you. So I'd say test the waters, like have that initial conversation where you're focusing on them and then monitor how that goes. And then if it feels like there's an opening or an appropriate time, then tell them a little bit more about yourself and ask them for their help or however they might be willing to help. And the last thing I'll say is really just attend virtual events. There are so much happening. I know there's been a ton of free webinars, free online classes that you can take through platforms like Coursera. Just kind of take a look at what's happening, especially at your university, right? Like talk to your career coach, right? Like Marissa, um, (laughs) advisors, talk to your faculty, ask them if they know about any virtual events happening. Most of the time, especially for students, they're free or they tend to be extremely affordable, if not. And that's just a great way to advance your own learning and then also kind of interact with other people and then just kind of take steps from there. Absolutely. Well, Megan, thanks for your unofficial plug for virtual career (laughs) fairs. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yes, all all really great advice. And LinkedIn, again, is such a great tool for networking. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing those thoughts. Yeah. All right, I'm going to shift gears yet again. Mm-hmm. So in previous conversations, I know that you've kind of mentioned the not as glamorous side of career search and just careers mm-hmm. in general. Students might not get that dream job right mm-hmm. out of graduation. They might have to take a low paying job, especially mm-hmm. with the economy right now. There's, mm-hmm. there's some highs and lows. So I'm curious if a student finds them in a kind of less than ideal situation, what kind of advice or really even comfort would you give to these students? 
Yeah, I would just say, just give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Recognize that you're doing the best you can. Sometimes we need to prioritize our survival, right? Do we have food to eat? Do we have a safe place to live? And there's no shame in focusing on just like making ends meet by taking a part-time job, right? Or a job that you're not necessarily thrilled about that you don't want to have for forever as like your transition piece. I can speak from my own experience as well. When I moved from Tanzania after being there for years as an English teacher, I had nothing lined up when I moved back to the US. So I ended up reaching out to my childhood best friend who had gotten her college education in Boston and she was still there. And I reached out and I was like, hey, can I come crash with you? Like, There's literally nothing for opportunities for me in Vermont if I go back to where my family is. And she, like, bless her heart, she (laughs) graciously accepted me and was like, absolutely no worries. And like that very next day when I moved out there, I got a full-time job as a barista at a cafe just down the street. And I ended up working there for like six months. And there were times where I was like, what am I doing? Like I have my bachelor's degree. I just did this crazy international experience. Like what am I doing as a barista? But you know, it was kind of just that humbling moment of not everyone's career path is a promotion or like a, a huge professional role that you just jump right into. Like there, there is no real right path for everyone. It's just your path and, and whatever that looks like for you. So I took some time. I met some wonderful people. I enhanced my communication skills while I was there. Absolutely. (laughs) Problem solving skills, like transferable skills I picked up that even to my point where I am now in my career, like they still impact my ability to communicate and problem solve to this day. So I would say like, no matter what you end up doing, whether it's volunteering or shadowing or taking a part-time job, if it's not your dream, you're still going to develop really useful transferable skills that employers really want or grad programs really want these days, right? Those teamwork and communication skills, analytical skills. So don't discount what you do. Like it has value and you have value. And I hear a lot of students talk about like, oh, well, you know, I have a part-time job at Chipotle, but it doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, like Like, let's talk about what skills you use on a daily basis. Because let's be honest, there's some upset customers sometimes you have to deal with. And that is hard. Yes. So yeah, just hang in there, like keep hustling, do what you need to do. And then just like tap into your resources and your network, right? So like talk to your career coach, talk to people that you know of at your university who can help you take some of those next steps towards what you really want to do next. And I guess the last nugget I would share is a quote that someone shared with me years ago when I was living in Tanzania that still rings true for me to this day. And especially now in the pandemic, she said, don't just take care of yourself, be kind to yourself. So take that deep breath, recognize you're doing the best you can right now with the resources that you have at your disposal. And then just keep looking forward for like even little baby steps you can take to move in the direction where you want to go. Absolutely. Well, and Megan, I don't know if this rings true for you, but I know I've had several less than ideal jobs in my time. Mm -hmm. And I've actually found looking back that those experiences were really powerful motivators. It gave me a reason to find what I was interested in. It gave me a reason to go and get an education. It gave me a reason. And so I don't know if that rings true to you as well, but I I think there's also that level of motivation that comes sometimes from those experiences that we don't necessarily ask for, but can learn a lot from. 
Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I would say too, by the time that I had finished my master's degree, I ended up moving back in with my parents for about four months while I just like full-time job searched. And I was incredibly privileged to be in that position where I could devote myself to my search. But at the time I was trying to save money to then be able to move wherever I would get my first full-time job after my master's program. So I ended up working at a restaurant at the Vermont airport. I cleaned the fryer. I made hamburgers, like I (laughs) took out the garbage. Like I I did a lot of things that like so many people in this world do. And they, they really like create the bedrock and the foundation for all of us to have our lives the way they are. Right. And like, those are still respectable positions and there's no shame at all in having those types of positions. And I think if anything, you know, it just taught me a lot of empathy and understanding for what that's like, whatever you can do, that's great. And just recognize that like you're doing your best, whether that's motivated, for your next step or, or just something to make ends meet, that's fine. That's your truth. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so true. And I think that will really resonate with a lot of our listeners. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, I was thinking about your experience working with students. I know you've been working with students for several, several years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious, you know, there's this common phrase when we often talk about our careers of finding your passion and doing that for your career. And I know there's some mild controversy about that phrase. So I'm kind of curious just what your take is on passion. Yeah, that's such a good question. I can't tell you how many students I meet with, especially in the College of Humanities that are like, well, I just need my my dream job that aligns with my passion or I don't have a passion. Like, what do I do? <laughs> like, There's something wrong with me. And I'm so glad you're asking this question. I think the whole idea of having your passion is this idea that has really come about with like the millennial generation and Gen Z. I know when I was in school and getting jobs, there was this whole idea of follow your passion. I think that model and that way of thinking just doesn't fit with everybody. It didn't fit with me because I have so many different passions and interest. So it's like, what? <laughs> supposed to choose. I really like training and I like working with students and I like international travel and I like studying social identities and the intersectionality of our identities. And like, how am I supposed to pack all these into one thing? The short answer is, I don't know. And also you don't have to. Like, I think the beauty of the way that careers are nowadays and employers is that a lot of people change jobs really frequently. Like now, I think the average is about one and a half to three years is the average amount of time people spend in a job. And by the time people in this generation are expected to retire in like 30, 40 years, it's expected that we'll all have worked in seven to 10 totally different industries. So not even jobs that are similar, but like industries. So, you know, you can work in healthcare and education and in tech. So I think just recognizing the fact that it's now a little bit easier to be able to pivot and shift into different things. I think the key thing is to just not get so stuck on finding a passion that you're just paralyzed and don't do anything. Just choose something and then just be curious, try it out. What you learn about that, whether you like it or you hate it, that's okay. Like that is great information that you can then take with you to inform your next steps that you take. You're not locked in and you may discover different passions or interests that you have throughout your life. So while that works for some people, it doesn't work for everyone. And if you don't have one passion, that is okay. You'll be fine. 
I think that's great insight. And I agree that I think there's a certain amount of effort we have to put in before we can even know if we are passionate about something. And at least for me and my experience, I found that passion doesn't come until I've put in months and sometimes years of effort into something. And that is the point when I start to feel the passion or or the, really yeah. just the satisfaction that comes with the job. So I totally yeah. agree and, and really appreciate that advice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like I've heard that kind of philosophy too of you know, your passions don't lead to getting experience. It's your experiences that then help you develop and hone in what your passions are. There's no right way to do it. I think that's the thing is for my whole career path, I've just taken a leap and tried one thing at a time. I've never had like a lifelong 10 or 20 year, or even five year plan of what I'm doing. <laughs> I've just taken that leap and, and tried things out. I have a great career and I really enjoy my job. There's probably a million different jobs I could be doing right now that I would really love doing that could be completely different. I could be running a study abroad program in Nicaragua right now. And, and I would like that just how I like my my job as a career coach. I think it's just try and like reframe that myth of everyone has to have a passion. Your job has to be your passion. I have friends who their passion is art, but they don't want to do that as their full-time job because they don't want someone else telling them how to do their passion because that's going to suck all the life and fun and enjoyment out of it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> your passion doesn't have to be the way that you make your income. It could be totally separate and that's okay. So just be kind to yourself, right? Whatever that looks like for you, it's your truth. It's your path. So just listen to yourself, do what you need to do to get yourself to your next step. Great thoughts, Megan. Well, we're just about out of time, but I do want to ask one final question. And that question is, if you could give students one piece of career advice about having a networking mindset wherever they go, what would it be? That's such a good question. It's so hard to choose. Um, <laughs> I think so. I read a book within this last year. It's called Designing Your Life. And they talk about networking and they make this analogy that networking is pretty much just like asking for directions. So like if you go to a new town and you're not quite sure where to go, you know, you might stop and ask somebody like, hey, do you know where this is? Or do you have a recommendation for this? That is networking, right? It's really just getting to know people, building relationships with them. They don't have to be long-term relationships. It might just be one interaction action and you're done. And that's fine, right? So it's really just about getting to know people. And we do this every single day. I mean, we ask for help. We offer help. We talk to new people while we're waiting in line to pay for groceries, right? I mean, I think networking has this big stigma of being like just super high stakes, but we do it every single day. And so I think just try to internalize that. You're just asking for help. And usually people are just so excited to help out, make your day a little bit better, tell you something that they've learned. And you just never know who you might meet. I think to pair along with that too is for whatever your next step might be, just be generous about telling people that you know about what you're interested in and what you might want to do. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell your classmates, your coworkers, tell as many people as you can like, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested in graphic design, right? Like to use the example I gave earlier, if you hear of anything, let me know. Or like if you know any classes I should take. I mean, it's really as simple as that. I think the more people you tell about what you're interested in or what you want to learn about, they'll keep you in mind. So if they hear of anything, they'll tell you. And that is networking coming to life. And likewise, offer to do that for other people. Say like, hey, what are you interested in? How can I help you get there? So it's really this mutual give and take. It's not just like you're sucking energy out of people <laughs> for networking or you're using people. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I hope that helps. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I loved your analogy of, of getting directions because I agree 100%. That's really what networking is all about. Well, Megan, thank you so much 
much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. Your positivity just really comes through. It makes me so hopeful for this world and, and for our students and everybody out there who is going through tough things. So thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please remember to join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of how to have a networking mindset wherever you go. 